Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Week 15 is almost in the books. Did you make it to the next round? You're still waiting for it tonight. You know, we got a we got a couple of real, um, you know, big players. You know, in this matchup tonight, right? Yeah. You got Jalen Hurst. No idea if he's going to play. He's questionable, right? They uh, he, he went into the weekend with no tag. He got downgraded yesterday to questionable, and now we have no idea if he's playing tonight. Now it's a sickness. Usually, in these type of situations, the player plays, especially someone like Jalen Hurts. You know, he's the type of player that would play with the flu. Um, right. But uh, you know, if you have Jalen Hurts tonight and you need him, go pick up Mar- Marcus Mariota. You know, if he's on the wire, just in case. I, I had to do that in our matchup, Zach, um, yeah. yesterday, just in case, because I already had two quarterbacks. This is, we played in the Superflex League. I had I played Nick Mullins already. I had Gardner Minshew already go, and then I had, uh, what's his name, already go O'Connell. to? Um, Aiden O'Connell right. already go. They all had good games. So I, but I <laughs> yeah, couldn't, you couldn't play. Go I, wrong. Couldn't, I, I couldn't, like... And it's not like I would have played one of those guys over Jalen Hurts. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way I would have been like, well, Jalen Hurts is questionable mm-hmm. with the illness. I'm not going to play those guys. It wouldn't have happened. So I, right. think, I think if you're in that situation right now, I hope that you already picked up uh, Mariota. And if you're going up against Jalen Hurts tonight um, and that that your opponent needs Jalen Hurts to play, like, and Mariota's still in the waiver wire, you better go pick his ass up right now to block him. Because... Yep. If Hurts ends up being out, you know, the twenty percent chance that he's out tonight, you know, can mean can mean everything. And he ends up being out <laughs> now. Now they got nothing. They have no quarterback to plug in. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> it could save your matchup. Like if you're sitting there with a three or four point lead, like uh, I'm totally doing that. That's 100. Oh, that's just tactical. You, you know to. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That that's you just tactical. It's not, nothing personal, kid. Just business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. So it. we're talking business here, but you know, listen. Did you guys make it to the second round? I'm hoping that you guys are either on your way or that you already clinched it. You know, we'll talk over on Instagram, uh, but wanted to record this pod uh, a little bit late today because I had some stuff going on Sunday night, but we're back or we're back. And, you know, as you guys know, Zach and I were going up against each other uh, this week in the first round of the playoffs. And unfortunately, Zach, you are out of the playoffs. The band of brothers couldn't come through two weeks in a row. <laughs> Honestly, it's fine. It's fine. See, I, I'm not even upset about this one. Like, I'm I'm just gonna hang my hat on the fact that my team was completely banged up. It, it just oh. happens sometimes. I lost. Go ahead. I, I just want to say, in this league, Zach did win something, and he won some money. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't send it to Zach. I will. Um, but he <laughs> won some money because I'm the commissioner in this league. Uh, I, I he won some money because he had the most points in the entire league. Yeah. So let's just put that yeah, out there. He had a really good team. He was missing Tyreek Hill yesterday. Devon Achan was limited. You know, a couple Tank of guys Bell had really, really, really tough matchups. Oh, Mark Andrews had been missing. Yeah. Okay. We, we had a lot of injuries. It was fine. But like I had Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott and Drake London both put up like 27 points last week. And needless to say, that did not happen this week. So that's where right. I'm just going to say those were the holes that really sank my ship. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I hear that. All right. Well, listen, it, it sucks. We're moving on. Uh, but I'm feeling pretty good this morning. I don't know. I don't know. It's just hey, me, though. Uh, moving <laughs> All right. We need to, you need to take brother. this one for I, upper hand. You need to make us look good. You know what I'm saying? 100%. 100%. I'm, I'm hoping we can do it. All right. So let's talk about these games. I'm going to start with the Saturday games. Okay. And this is, by the way, this is the week 15 takeaway episode. Okay. We're going to talk a couple waiver wire pickups, but, you know, for the most part, I would say that uh, next week, uh, I'm sorry, tomorrow's episode is when we're going to really talk week fi- week 16 waiver wire, okay? Uh, but there were a few running backs that were able to fill in for us this week. You know, you had Zemir White, you know, he had a solid performance, RB11 so far on the week with one game left. Ty Chandler had an even bigger week, top five fantasy performance, 23 carries, 132 yards in the touchdown, three catches for 25 yards, uh, and this is, this is what I meant, Zach. You know, when I was saying that he looked more explosive, he had all the work in this game, 81% of snaps. And if you watch the game, chunk gain after chunk gain, um, only 43% rap participation, but no other running back really ran any routes. Um, no, no other running back ran more than three routes in this game. He ran 17. He did get all the two-minute work, which is what you want to see. So moving forward, like I wouldn't expect Madison to be back next week, you know, because of that high ankle sprain. Uh, Detroit is not a good matchup on the ground, but I think the volume should be there if you need an RB2. The, the way that the Vikings defense has been playing uh, over the second half of the year, you know, could mean that the volume can remain in Chandler's favor, you know, and, and this is in Minnesota, right? Jared Goff, you know, doesn't play as well. And we'll get to Jared Goff in a second. Obviously, he had that big game, but, um, yeah. you know, going into Minnesota, Jared Goff doesn't play as well at home could be more of a neutral game script than you think uh, but then i think about jagoff in a dome you know because that game's in a dome too <laughs> could be fine but yeah. either way the point is that chandler is usable uh even in a tough matchup i don't like him next week as much as i liked him this week because i thought the matchup against 
you know, the Bengals was a good one. Uh, but the matchup next week isn't so great. Yeah, not so great. But you're, I, I think if you started him this week, and you probably started him out of necessity, not out of, you know, wanting to. <laughs> that does just make... Yeah. But if you started him and he did well for you this week, I think you're going to start him next week. That, that's going to be the case. And then you look at the backfield, the way that he was used, you know, he had all of the work in the backfield. There wasn't any question about who was going to be the guy getting the ball. And you, if you watch, like you said, chunk gain after chunk gain, the way that Ty Chandler looked, just the eye test tells you, like, is, is not Jordan Addison, is Alexander Madison going to be doing that on, on a weekly basis? Like, we hadn't really seen any explosiveness, and you had alluded to this on the show a couple times. You said that the explosiveness is there with Ty Chandler. It wasn't there with Alexander Madison. If Madison, even if he's 80 90%, and he says, all right, I could go, I don't know if the Vikings are going to be, like, rushing him back out there and saying, like, all right, we did, let's get Alexander Mack. Alexander Madison back out there, you know, over Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler looked good. And and like you mentioned, the workload has been there. I, I think you're starting him next week regardless. I do think he'll be lower in the rankings. I know you had him pretty high uh, this week, and he came through, so that, that was good. But if you look at it next week, I, I think he's still in that low RB2 conversation with some upside, you know, if they could score a touchdown. Because the Vikings looked better on offense, too, with Nick Mullins under center. So there is touchdown upside there that wasn't really there before, especially with the way Josh Dobbs was playing the past two weeks before he got benched. Yeah, I, I was encouraged by Nick Mullins, especially in terms of like, uh, you know, what he could produce for fantasy for these wide receivers and these receivers in general. Um, you know, he has some like terrible like picks in this game, but like outside yeah. the picks, like he looked <laughs> all right, you know. And you yeah. know, Jordan Addison, like you, you know, you had him in your lineup this week. You know, I was going up against him, and of course, he had to put up the hundred yard two touchdown performance. You know, when that was happening, he caught all six of his targets. Um, so it looks like we now have a quarterback who is willing to throw the ball to Addison for those big plays. Um, so, and then Justin Jefferson, seven for 84 and 10 targets, high target share. TJ Hawkinson, six for 63 on seven targets. Um, and then, of course, Addison. So, Mullins, you know, he threw for 300 yards. You know, I think things are looking okay next week and a good matchup for this passing game against Detroit um, at home. So, uh, and by the way, like Jefferson is back to a full-time role. Like he wasn't limited in any capacity. So he ran around on every single one of Nick Mullen's dropbacks. So that's good to see. Um, so yeah, I think this passing offense is back at this point. Yeah, it has to be. And for me, like, I, I don't want to say Jordan Addison, like he had the big game. I don't want to just throw him back into that. All right, well, he's going to be scoring touchdowns every week. He could be a wide receiver three every week moving forward. Like, I don't want to just throw him right back up into that conversation because he did only have six targets. Yes, he was being targeted downfield, but the biggest thing for me, like you mentioned, Justin Jefferson being back to a full-time role, he got the target share. It's just the touchdowns weren't there. I think those are going to come. <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about Justin Jefferson here. It's really nice to have a quarterback that's able to throw the ball, spread it around, and not just have it be you know short completions that end up with players having 5, 10, 13 points you know, in a game because they catch six for 40, six catches for 40 yards. Like Nick Mullins showed that he could throw, push the ball downfield. And like you mentioned, that came with some bad interceptions. And that one against – who was it wrapping him up? Was it B.J. Hill? I forget who it was. But that that interception, I don't know if you saw it when it happened. It was like they called it a fumble originally. It was like that was an interception because yeah. it rolled right off of his hand over himself to the defender. Like that was just ridiculous. <laughs> I hope that they don't look at that as like a reason to bench Nick Mullins because Nick Mullins is the best thing for – that was such a funny interception. It was like the, one of the funniest interceptions I've ever seen. To be honest, that's what with I mean. It was, really, it was, it was hilarious, <laughs> and the fact that he 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 wasn't down either. Like just the whole thing was hilarious because he was this close, like so close to just being down, and they would have called him down. But he was floating in the air, and he tried to get rid of it. It went nowhere. Like I said, it pretty much rolled off of him. 
you know, it rolled off Nick Mullins just to the other guy. He's just like, oh, here it is. And he took it. But like I said, I hope that's not enough of a reason for them to bench him. I don't think that's going to happen because the offense looked as good as it has, you know, all season, you know, since Kirk Cousins gone down. But just something that you're going to have to pay attention to. Like if I if I'm looking at Nick Mullins, are you thinking about starting him next week? Like, are you going to keep him in that same low QB2 range? Do you think there's any upside there next week to chase? Um, yeah, I do think he's like a mid QB two. I would say, like, I, I don't know if I'll put him up in the low end QB one conversation, but he's definitely a streamer. Like, you know, if you're looking for a quarterback to start in a good matchup at home, he has the weapons. Like I mentioned, even coming into this matchup, he has the weapons. Uh, I thought he was a streamer yeah. this week. Uh, he he would have came through for you if you were desperate enough to start him. I know a lot of people started him in QB, in two QB leagues, the Superflex leagues. Um. But I think, you know, still that mid QB two range right now, uh, you know, good scheme, good weapons. I think he can get it done again in a in what is a good matchup against Detroit. Right. Um, T Higgins on the other side, uh, you know, another one here. Like if you were going against him, you probably thought that was a good thing until he dropped two <laughs> touchdowns on your ass. Uh, four yeah. catches for 61 yards and those two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, he had to leave the game early. Uh, he has an AC sprain in his shoulder. Uh, there is a chance he's back next week. You know, let's hope he's back. But, you know, we'll get more details on that, you know, in, in, in the upcoming practice report starting on Wednesday. But we'll see if it's anything serious. Uh, I, I'd make sure I have another option just in case he can't play. Uh, but there is a chance he, he plays in, you know, this week. Um, right. By the way, that touchdown at the pylon that T. Higgins had, masterpiece. It's, yeah, that was Nasty. crazy. And, the problem with T. Higgins, and it really pisses me off because he makes those plays, and it's just like you wonder why it doesn't happen on a consistent basis. Because if he's not making that type of play, if he's not going up and making the most ridiculous jump ball catch you've ever seen, like he's not doing anything else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's been completely quiet pretty much this whole season. The other thing that makes it tough, like good for T. Higgins, he had the two touchdowns. I still don't want to trust him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that was that was great. But moving forward, is that going to happen again next week or the week after that? If you look at the way Jake Browning is throwing the ball, he is like the ultimate distributor. Everybody had targets. I think I forget what the math was. There were, I think, six or seven players uh, that the Bengals had that had at least three targets apiece. So like he is distributing the ball all around. He's not pinning in, keying in on anyone. It was T. Higgins that ended up leading, you know, the team in targets. He had eight. But a lot of other players, you know, Jamar Chase had four targets. Tyler Boyd had five targets. Charlie Jones had three targets. Tanner Hudson had five targets. You know, like Irv Smith had three targets. He's spreading the ball around. Not to mention Chase Brown and Joe Mixon. Each of them had a couple targets apiece. Like, he's spreading the ball around. And that makes me leery just about the upside that T. Higgins might have. Now, he had the two touchdowns. But I think that goes back to what I'm saying. Because if you look, he had two touchdowns. But it only ended up producing, what do you have, 22 fantasy points? Like, you'd think it would be a bigger game than that. He only had four catches on the day. So for me, very encouraging. Nice to see that he is and can be part of this offense, but I'm still a little bit leery of him. And I don't know who I'm going to rank higher next week, you know, especially with Jamar Chase being questionable. You know, earlier in the week, I might have them pretty close to each other. But if Jamar Chase goes, I still think he's the clear guy to start, even though he's had a couple quiet games himself. Yeah, and and I think if Joe Burrow had like a legit like season and he wasn't banged up early and all that, like this was a lost season for that offense, right? The, the yeah. potential was humongous. So I think, you know, that was a big reason why, you know, T. Higgins, you know, had this really up and down type of season. I think both him and Jamar Chase would have had much better seasons. And it's funny because Jamar Chase has hit his uh, career high in receptions uh, this year, um, <laughs> which is interesting. Like, imagine what it would have been, you know, if Joe Burrow had a, a, yeah. a, a healthy season to start. Yeah, uh, he I, was I, hurt. 
to start too. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, he's just missing mm-hmm. these games now and that's causing an issue. Like, remember what the Bengals offense looked like the first five weeks. It was bad. Exactly. By the way, Chase Brown is starting to eat into Joe Mixon's workload uh, a lot. Uh, 13 touches for Mixon, yeah. uh, 10 touches for Brown. Uh, something to keep an eye on because it was trending for Brown to finish the game with more touches than Mixon. Um, you know, he had to leave. The Brown had to leave the game for a while and he was leading in touches before he left the game. Okay, so keep right. that in mind. Solid matchup against Pittsburgh next week. I think Chase Brown is like one of those deep flexes um, that you can put in your lineup. Uh, but this is something to keep an eye on here because he was very involved from the get. Like he had a couple touches before Mixon even touched the ball in this game early in the, early in the first quarter. All right, right. Some some of the some of the watch moving forward. Um, keep in mind that Michael Pittman probably suffered a concussion on that brutal hit that he took on Saturday. Um, he's probably going to go yeah, through the yeah, protocol this week. Yeah. Uh, so if if Pittman ends up missing this week, you know maybe Josh Down Josh Downs gets a bump because the Falcons next week. Uh, they they're good against perimeter wide receivers, but not good against slot wide receivers. Maybe there's a chance Downs can be an impact player one more time this season, but like I'm not counting on it. I don't want to trust him in my lineup. Like it's a similar thing to like Noah Brown this past week, who actually you know who ended up having <laughs> yeah. a great game. You know, right. I didn't want to trust him, but then he ended up having a great game. Sim- I mean, I think Josh Downs is a better player. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like it's hard to trust because you haven't seen it, right? And now you have to trust that he's just gonna vault to that number one, you know, wide receiver for his team when the alpha, you know, gets hurt. Right. And that's a similar situation yeah. here. So I, I don't know how much I want to trust it, but I think like he becomes more startable, I would say, you mm-hmm. know, with Pippen if, if Pippen ends up missing next week. You're not completely upset about starting Josh Downs at this point if Michael Pittman would, Pittman would miss. And I think that also goes back to the fact that we've seen Josh Downs earn targets in this offense before. It's not like it's unheard of for him to see eight or nine targets in a game. It's happened. It's just these past few weeks, you know, obviously he was banged up before the bye going into it. He came out of the bye. He had that game against uh, the Buccaneers. He had 13 targets. But since then, five, three, and three. Like, we're waiting to see that target share kind of shift back in his direction because he was doing that before with Michael Pittman on the field. <laughs> so that's why it's really confusing. You feel kind of hung out to dry at this point with Josh Downs because he had good games with Michael Pittman on the field. And now he's going to be Michael Pittman might be out next week. It's hard to trust trust Josh Downs. But I think that the fact of Michael Pittman being out, I think that's going to make it, like you mentioned, easier to start him, at least for me. I had him in my lineup this week just because I thought maybe, you know, things would turn around in this one because Steelers aren't that bad a matchup for wide receivers but he didn't come through this week. I'd still say he's a flex at this point. I don't want to put him in my uh, lineup as wide receiver three unless I absolutely have to. But I think that a better game is coming this next week. It's a tougher matchup against the Falcons, but I don't think it's going to be too difficult to the point where he is completely useless. I I think that the volume is going to be there. He should have at least six or seven targets. That would be my estimate if Michael Pittman misses. Uh, Another injury in that Cole Steelers game, Zach Moss left the game. Um, you know, with the with the right arm injury, um, you know, we think we thought he might have broken again or something, but X-rays were negative. Apparently, there's a chance he can be back next week. Uh, keep in mind that Jonathan Taylor has now missed three games, and I think the plan was to get him back for this game uh, after intentionally not putting him on IR. Uh, if both play next week, it gets tricky. But I'd imagine that Jonathan Taylor would be the one I'd play over the other. Um, now. In the event that both of these guys miss next week, you know, we had two running backs share the work. Trey Sermon was the primary guy uh, when Moss went down. Tyler Goodson was the other seven carries and 11 carries, respectively. Remember, they were up in this game, so they could they had that type of game script. Uh, both very productive. It seems like Shane Steichen's schemes just produce, 
you know, at the running back position, like these random guys like coming in, right, and yeah. doing their thing. Um, so yeah, I think if Moss and Taylor were to miss next week, it would be a timeshare. Uh, and if both of them play, it might be a timeshare. <laughs> so <laughs> it's tough. It's tough to really understand what's going to happen next week in the Colts' backfield. It's a little bit, a little. It could be a little bit messy if both end up playing next week. Right. If it came down to it, if it was Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, and they both played. I'm starting Taylor. Sorry. That's just the way it was trending. We saw it happen when Taylor came back. He actually got a hold of the touches in the backfield. They used Moss a little bit more towards, you know, the last couple games before Taylor got hurt again. But I think that he's going to be the guy to lock in and have in your lineup. You know, he's going to have the usage. The thing that was really disappointing for me was Zach Moss. He had that touchdown in the first quarter. That's when he got injured. It was on that horse collar tackle. He went down weird. He was finally, you know, the production looked like in this game was going to catch up to the, to the utilization he was getting. Because we talked about the past two weeks where it's been the utilization has been there, 20 or more touches in each of the past two games, but just single-digit performances to show for it. We're like, okay, that production is going to eventually catch up to utilization. Could it be this week? It was going to. <laughs> he had the receiving touchdown. He had 12 points. It was through, I think, the first quarter, maybe the second quarter. I forget exactly what the timing on it was. But he was going to have a big game. You know, he was going to go back and look like that guy that we saw earlier earlier in the season. So he's still a handcuff, you know, assuming that he can stay healthy, you know, with Jonathan Taylor. If anything would happen to Jonathan Taylor, he's going to be the guy that gets the work. Um, because before Zach Moss went out, I don't, Tyler Goodson wasn't really even a thought. Trey Sermon wasn't really even a thought. They did both look good, though. But for me, it's still the 1-2, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss. I, I'm not expecting... I don't think it's going to be a situation where both of them don't play. I'm I'm just going to anticipate that we don't have to deal with Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson discussions this week. Hopefully that's not the case. If you had Jared Goff in your lineup against the Broncos, what a performance. Five passing touchdowns. He did his thing. Hopefully he had him. Mean, he was a little shaky <laughs> going into this game. So, like, you know, a lot of people probably weren't sure whether to start him or not. Hopefully you had him in there. Uh, tough matchup in Minnesota next week. But, you know, this wasn't the best matchup either, like against Denver. Like, Goff. You know, he's, he was at home, so he usually does play better at home. Uh, and then in Minnesota next week, he's still in a, in a dome, so, you know, maybe he can still do his thing. But Amon Ra broke his funk. Sam Laporta, we talked about the difference with him when he plays teams who play a lot of single high, and Broncos do a lot of that. We talked about it, and he ended up coming through big time with three touchdowns. Big time game from him. Big time game yep. from Jameer Gibbs as well with his two touchdowns. Uh, this was a positive game script for the Lions throughout this game, and Gibbs played 50% of the snaps, so that's a good sign for him. Usually 50% of snaps is like, uh, it's like, it's all right, but the fact yeah. that he continued to be on the field, despite this being like a, like what would have been a David Montgomery script, like in week three, um, you know, this, this, this is a good sign for him. Yeah, and just this was a positive game script overall for the Lions in general, so it's great that Gibbs played 50% of the snaps, but what I enjoyed most, and I think a lot of people enjoyed as well, was the fact that they were going for it on fourth down <laughs> with two minutes left, and they gave Sam Laporta that third touchdown. It's just like that was an all-time play by Dan Campbell. Like that is the anti-Arthur Smith. He he he's a fantasy football legend for that 100%. Because I started him in one of my leagues. I had Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta in one of my leagues. It, it worked out nice. pretty good. But oh, um, yeah. whoever you started, if you started any four of those guys. You know, you were obviously very happy with the way that the game went. I love that the point of analysis that we have, you know, the turning point for Jared Goff, or is he going to play well or not? Is is he in a dome? That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I just find it hilarious because that's like, it's like a legit thing because this isn't just something we're seeing this season. We've seen this his whole career. So that is really interesting. You know, it's just a point of emphasis for me. But there's not much to take from this game besides like everybody played well. You know, obviously, Jameer Gibbs had the 50% of snaps like you mentioned. He had the workload. It, it wasn't, he wasn't out touching 
um, Dave Montgomery, but he was much more efficient. He had 11 carries for 100 yards. That was just fantastic. You know, so we know he still has that in him. I don't think Jared Goff's going to be throwing for five touchdowns every week, but things finally return back to normal, like you mentioned, for Amon Ross St. Brown. So all these guys, just keep starting them. You know, obviously, Sam Laporta, he's going to be a top three tight end, I think, the rest of the way, because just the way that he's getting used and the offense that he's part of, he is just on fire right now. Keep, keep uh, Jamison Williams, uh, you know, rostered if you have him in 12-team or deeper leagues. Uh, 76% route participation uh, in this game. His previous season high was 65% in Week 13. Um, that resulted in him catching four for 47 on seven targets. Um, so he could be coming on a little bit. Just don't forget what kind of prospect he was. So, you know, I'm not saying to start him next week. Um, but, you know, if he comes on, it has a huge week next week because as a result of the higher rep participation you're like all right well maybe you know there's a chance that he's a desperate play in week 17 right right um let's move on to sunday games sunday's games okay titan texans titans no brown disrespected him this week saying he won't be able to come through without <laughs> cj stroud even in a good matchup even without nico collins even without tank dell uh well he came through he was a clear target leader for the Texans, 8 for 82 on 11 targets, including the touchdowns. I'm sorry if I led you astray there. Uh, imagine what CJ Stroud and Nico Collins could have done in this matchup. Uh, right. I don't think I'd start Noah Brown next week against Cleveland, though, but hopefully both Stroud and Nico are back for that matchup. Yeah, that, that would be the difference in that game. As long as CJ Stroud is back, I think you start Nico Collins without worrying about it. I know it's a tougher matchup, but... It just sucks that you couldn't get him for this matchup, like you mentioned, against the Titans, because it would have been a fantastic game for them. The good news was just that at least somebody came through, you know, in, in the Texas passing attack. It wasn't Robert Woods or anybody like that. It was somebody. The targets were distributed. There, it was a very tight distribution at the top. So at least they weren't like spreading it out and having John Mechie, you know, catch four or five targets, where it's like none of these guys are usable. So Noah Brown, if you started him, desperate, good for you. You know, he came through for you. Dalton Schultz was supposed he, he could have had he had an inside track I should say to a potential bigger game than he had you know he only got five targets in this one but Noah Brown really took over and Devin Singletary too like they leaned on the ground game and you're going to talk about that here in just a second but what, what a game from him big change in the Texas backfield uh, what's new, right? I had a I had a pretty solid feeling that the switch to Devin Singletary last week was going to be a permanent one after Damian Pierce had an opportunity to like regain you know some of that backfield back but the backfield really shifted to Singletary on Sunday. Damian Pierce only played four snaps in this game total. 75% of snaps for Singletary, 58% route participation, 30 touches, 170 yards. Uh, I, I think it would be safe to say that this is Singletary's backfield at this point. Um, you know, yeah. now that, you know, a healthy Damian Pierce has been, seems like officially phased out. Uh, the Texans are at home against Cleveland next week. Completely fine starting Singletary in that matchup as a solid RB2. 100%. And the thing about Damian Pierce, he's not just phased out behind Devin Singletary. He's phased out. He was outsnapped by Andrew Beck. He was outsnapped by Dari Ogumbawale. Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened. He was, he, was, he was everyone's favorite angry runner coming into the season. We're like, this is a guy he's going to finally break out. He has an inside track, you know what I mean? And he just hasn't. And Devin Singletary, you know, I think that the Texas coaching staff, they're finally like, okay, we're done giving this guy his chances. He's he's gonna be on waivers. Like he, if he isn't if he isn't already on waivers, if he wasn't coming yeah. in this one, he should absolutely be on waivers. He's not getting anywhere near enough. Not even touches. He's not seeing anywhere near enough snaps. Four snaps in a game? Are you kidding me? Like you can drop Damian Pierce. You don't have to worry about him the rest of the way. But Devin Singletary, he also don't forget 
He also had that touchdown. It was a 34-yard touchdown that was wiped off the board by a holding penalty downfield in overtime. It could have been an even bigger game. Not that 170 yards and you know four catches. He had 21 fantasy points. Not that 21 fantasy points is bad, but he could have had 30 fantasy yeah. points in this one. That was nine, nine, the nine points right there. You know, just on that touchdown, I was so hyped when I saw it happen. Not that I had him, but I was just like, "Yo, Devin Singletary, he's finally taking over the backfield. He's like doing his thing in this Texans offense." It was disappointing to see it come back, but still, he finished very nice game for it, and he's definitely the guy moving forward. There's no question about it. It seemed like Devon Achan was limited a little bit because they let Mostert get most of the work, even when the game was out of hand after the first half. Uh, and then they eventually pulled all the starters, including Asian after that. So not a big week for him, but you know, glad he didn't have to leave the game or anything. If you got over this week with him, he should be back in lineups next week. Let's hope he can be okay in practice this week and maybe get a full practice, maybe. Uh, even if he had limiteds all week, um, I am I am okay, you know, uh, you know, starting him next week. Um, but Moser did end up coming through with two touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Waddle came through with a huge game. We we talked about his success against two high looks. Uh, he ended up playing well in both games against the Jets, and the Jets ran, you know, too high at the ninth highest rate coming into Sunday's game. So, you know, these guys, you know, Jalen Waddle was able to come through big time, and now he had a great game. You're going to start him next week when Tyreek Hill's back, and I don't know. He might underwhelm. Who knows? Yeah, I have a feeling he might, he might underwhelm. Just that's just been the way that his season has gone with Tyreek Hill in the lineup. Because before this game, there wasn't really a boom game to really look at. You know, he he had a hundred yards a couple weeks ago and a hundred yards a couple weeks before that. But outside of that, he's been pretty, you know, middle of the pack with Jalen Waddle. So if Tyreek Hill's back, I'm definitely gonna temper expectations with him a little bit, but definitely not to a point where it's like you have to think about not starting him. You know, he's gonna be a solid wide receiver two, three fringe kind of guy, I think, with some upside, obviously, in the offense. The Dolphins offense scores a lot of touchdowns. But a lot of those touchdowns at the same time also go to Raheem Mostert, who is now Raheem must start every single week because he's if he's going to be scoring these touchdowns like this, they hammered him three times at the goal line right at the beginning of the game. You know, they had the turnover, you know, right near the goal line, and they didn't even think about putting Devon Chain in, which was really disappointing because I had Devon Chain in our matchup. I was hoping maybe he could sneak in and vulture one there, but he did not. But Obviously, Raheem Mostert, he's getting the first, second, and third crack in the red zone and, you know, at the goal line. They're feeding him touchdowns at this point. There's no question about who you want to start in this backfield between A-Chan and Raheem Mostert right now. I hope A-Chan could get some, some sort of you know, full practice, like maybe not have any type of designation this week. That would be great, even if, at the, if it comes at the end of the week. If they just get him off the injury report without a designation, that would be awesome. Give me a lot more confidence starting him next week. But at this point, like... We're starting Mostert easily. Like you don't have to think yeah. about Devon Agent really keeping up with him at this point, with the way the usage has been falling. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's it's hard to say what the usage is, right? Because he's coming into the week with a toe injury. So, like, yeah, what happens next week? Who knows, man. But at the end of the day, you're definitely starting Mostert regardless of of what happens yeah. in practice this week with Achan. Okay, um, and he will be ranked higher than Achan for sure. Mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson. Couldn't come through in that game. Three catches for 29 yards. Brees Hall, seven total touches for 18 yards. An absolute disaster. The Jets' offense was an abomination. Um, Zach Wilson wasn't playing well, and he left the game with a concussion. Got even worse after that. So absolutely brutal performance, you know, for anyone who had these guys in their lineup. You know, hopefully you had some other players come through, you know, and cover for these guys. But, man, this was a rough one, dude. And then... Next week, they have a really good matchup against the Commanders, right? And if Zach Wilson doesn't play, you know, with that concussion, like, I don't know if I'm going to have these guys ranked that high. 
Yeah. It's a really just really Up fuzzy situation. It's a really fuzzy situation right now at this point. It's a really it's a real like turning point. I, I don't know convergence. I don't even know what you want to say about this, but it sucks. Garrett Wilson couldn't come through. As soon as you see Zach Wilson go down, you can pretty much, you know, dig Garrett Wilson's grave for the week. He's not gonna be doing a whole lot, but Brees, Brees Hall. Seven touches for 18 yards. Come on. <laughs> we could do a little bit better than that. I was expecting it to be tough. It was a tougher matchup, you know, anyway, coming into this one, but I wasn't expecting it to be that bad. The offense was just a complete mess. But what I'm do what I'm looking at more is moving forward. Like they have the commanders next week. Is Aaron Rodgers gonna play? And <laughs> the, 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 the Jets, they have no reason to play him. The Aaron Rodgers has no reason to play besides saying that playing. he came back from the ACL. Do you say he is? He's not playing. Yeah, he's not playing. But I'm just saying, there's going to be that like, ooh, does he play? Maybe not. Like, like. Well, the I want to say Zach. Been, the Jets have been okay. mathematically eliminated from the. That's playoffs. what I mean. Yeah, it would be a much more like interesting matchup. It'd actually be really intriguing, you know, if if the Jets could have just won or not been eliminated, because then you would have had the chance of Aaron Rodgers coming back to throw to Garrett Wilson against the Commanders. Been like, oh, that would be such a good matchup. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It would be so amazing. Yeah. But I, I think you do have to kind of hinge it on whether Zach Wilson plays next week or not. Did you see, like, people were, like, questioning. They were like, did Zach Wilson just give up on the team or something when he literally got hammered on that play? I, I forget right. what the injury was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was a head a injury. Yeah. But yeah. there was also something with his wrist. It was weird. It's just like. It was weird because he came back into the game. He left the game because of, quote, unquote, dehydration. And then they right. ruled him out with the concussion. So, like, not really sure what was happening there. It was a little bit, a little, a little weird. Like it was the, very his, the circumstances around him leaving the game. I think clearly there was something physically wrong with him. <laughs> I don't want to just say yeah. people saying that he just gave up and like checked out. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't think that was the case. But right. hopefully he can turn things around and play next week because that would be you know really important for Garrett Wilson. And they have a fantastic matchup, like you said. So, do, are you pretty much hinging Garrett Wilson's ranking next week on whether Zach Wilson plays? Yes. You think that's that's the factor? Yeah. That's yeah. that's a very thousand Got percent. It. Same thing with Brees. To be honest with you. Um, because I, I don't have any confidence that this Jets team can move the ball without Zach Wilson, which right. is crazy to say. Um, and by the way, why do you think Aaron Rodgers was targeting the the, the, the Commanders game? Because it's <laughs> such a yeah. good matchup. He knows that. It's such a he good knows. matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays, right. he plays Christmas. Fantasy. Yeah, he was going to gift everybody a wide receiver one finish from Garrett Wilson, but that is now <laughs> exactly. off the table. We're getting cold. Sucks. Exactly. <laughs> Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you place certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side by side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. OK, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the app store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R vision in the app store today. Baker Mayfield just lit it up this week. Mike Evans came through with a decent game, but where did this game come from? From Chris Godwin, like squeaky wheel, and the squeaky wheel yeah. coming from his wife via social media <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago. Since then, Godwin has been targeted a ton, eleven targets last week, and then on Sunday, ten catches for 155 yards in this game. This guy was a game time decision for Sunday. 
Okay. Now we're going to have a bunch of people start him next week and he will do nothing. Right. Yep. So this is a tough, tough situation. Decent matchup against Jacksonville. You might have a little bit more confidence in him, but tough situation to be in. Yeah. So you're not trusting him next week, are you? Because I'm certainly not. Uh, I mean, it depends on my rankings. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. It depends on my ranking. Of course it does. It depends on <laughs> it does. Um, your, your options, I should say. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, will he make it into my top 36? There's a chance that he does. The matchup is good. He got the targets the last two weeks. Maybe something's happening here. He'll be in my top 36, but low end wide receiver three. Exactly. So it's just like he puts us in such a bind here because this, like I said, this was supposed to be the Mike Evans game where he came back and had a, a good game. And Mike Evans didn't do bad. You know, he had the touchdown, but Chris Goblin came out of nowhere these past two weeks. Now he's had 11 and 12 targets each of these past two games. And obviously it was easy to dismiss last week because he only caught five of them, but he caught 10 for 155 this week. Baker Mayfield looks really good. <laughs> Oddly enough, you know, he looked really good in this one. Uh, the matchup was, it, it was all right. You know, it, it wasn't fantastic. I was just blown away that Chris Godwin had this game. I don't want to trust it moving forward. Even though we have these two games where he has this high target share, I, I'm not going to buy into it. I think you can look at the matchup and say, yeah, this is going to be, you know, maybe there's a little potential here. I'm not saying you leave Chris Godwin completely out of your lineup, but I think Mike Evans, just based on what we've seen, body of work this whole season, Mike Evans is going to come back and he's going to lead the team in targets next week. That, that That's just my gut feeling. And then also, the way that the offense is playing, you, I guess you can kind of hang your hat on that one too because they played really well in this one. Rashad White is just this complete engine at running back. Like He has been a fantastic fantasy running back. You're, you're going to talk about him here, here now, right? Like this is just, Yeah, no, I mean, I he's been one of the most... Oh, yeah, he's been one of the most reliable fantasy running backs this entire season, right? Like... He's just been really good. And then on the other side of the yeah. ball, like like the non-reliable running back, Aaron Jones, um, you know, ended up he get, ended up getting all the work in the Packers backfield, but it didn't amount, amount to any fantasy points. 17 opportunities, no touchdowns. Uh, it was notable that even though he almost got all the opportunities, Patrick Taylor uh, split snaps with him 50-50. Um, so that's interesting. But, uh, but yeah, man, Rashad White, just absolute baller, dude. Like, he's just getting it done every single week. And he's gotten better in the run game. Remember when he was, in, he was really, really inefficient in the run game early on? And yep. then he had the receiving work to kind of prop him up. And now it hasn't been the receiving work that's been propping, up, propping him up. It's been his work in the running game. Kind of reminds me of somebody who was inefficient early in their careers in the run game, but was very, very good in the receiving game. But then in the run game, started to get a lot better. You know who I'm talking about? That's very broad. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Christian McCaffrey. Okay. You want to call him Christian McCaffrey? I'm not calling him Christian I, I don't McCaffrey. Want to call him, yeah, I don't want to call him Christian but, McCaffrey. But yeah, but the, I, I see but where the you're parallels, The parallels are very close. Because Christian McCaffrey, yeah. early on in his career, for the first year and a half of his career, extremely inefficient in the run game um but the right. receptions is and the, his efficiency in the receiving game is what has been propping him up uh and then like that snap snap of a finger christian mccaffrey becomes one of the better running backs in the league second half of that year he kills it rashad wise doing something very similar so oh, i'm going to be diving into that a little bit more get more of the details on that um because i'm, I'm going to be doing some work on that because i think rashad white is shaping up to be one of the better better young running backs in the NFL. So uh, I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to to diving more diving deeper into that. You know, once what the he's over. shown, what he's shown these past two weeks is not two weeks, the past ten weeks. <laughs> I don't know where two came from. What he's shown these past few weeks is ridiculous. And I put this in the newsletter 
Um, I did a stat, uh, a little stat that, you know what I'm saying? Since week seven, he's had at least 99 yards or a scrimmage touchdown in all of his games. And in some of those games, he's had both. And this just this past game, he had 100, what, 130 some yards total from scrimmage this past game uh, against the Packers and a touchdown. Like the ceiling is starting to show up too. Where earlier it was like the floor, you had a safe floor. Now the ceiling's coming because the touchdowns are being scored. The Buccaneers' offense is looking better. Like, this isn't a drill. <laughs> this isn't just like a fluke. We're, we're, it's not like it's just even a trend either. Like we're starting to see this where Rashad White's coming into his own. So that's really interesting. You know, like you mentioned, it's sitting here, you, you sit here, you go through like the in-season content and you do, it's just the same gauntlet week to week to week to week to week. And you see all this kind of stuff happen. I hear, I hear you, you talk about it. You're looking forward to getting into it at the end of the year. Like once we get into the uh, off-season content, you're going to be hearing a lot about all these different players and stuff that we saw just much more in depth because we can only go surface level right now because <laughs> it's just the next thing, next thing, next thing the whole time through the season. Uh, the Packers have some wide receivers banged up. Uh, it's funny because I really liked Dontavian Wicks last week against the Giants in a good matchup. He got hurt in that that game. I'm thinking he has a high ankle sprain. And then he ends up playing this week and catching six balls for 97 yards. Um, so that that that's funny. Jaden Reed got a little bit banged up, but he returned to the game. Uh, he came through with a solid week as well. He found the end zone once again. Didn't get any carries uh, in that game, though. So he, he should be fine moving into the next week because he did come into the game. Uh, he did come back into the game. So not too worried about that. Um, Darren Waller returned this week, four for 40 on six targets. Did not have a full-time role, though. Uh, He split his routes with Daniel Daniel Bellinger. Uh, Not bad, playing on only a half-time role, four for 40 on six targets. If he's full-time next week, which I expect him to be, uh, we'll see if it's DeVito again next week or Tyrod Taylor under center. DeVito didn't leave the game game to check for a concussion because he got blasted but he ended up coming back into the game um so we'll see Uh, it doesn't seem like he'll be in concussion protocol because he did come back into the game but either way i think waller is definitely playable as a tight end one next week especially against philly yeah that that matchup is fantastic and it's we were this close to getting the tyrod taylor darren waller connection again and if you ask (laughs) me if you ask me (laughs) i think danny danny devito tommy devito Brought that whole getting checked out thing on himself. I think he flopped intentionally, partially. I know he got hit, but I think the whole like roll yourself out, like he just like let his <laughs> arms go limp. I think there was definitely some acting there because he popped up and then he was like pissed that he had to come off the field because I think he realized he he kind of bought himself into that situation when he did that. Because <laughs> if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna sell it that far, you know, because he came back and he played, I, I think he was just pissed that he had to be taken off the field. But uh, Tyrod Taylor came in. You know, there, there wasn't much to talk about there. He only played a couple downs. But with, with Tommy DeVito, I think he's going to play next week. I think he's going to start. And if if he doesn't play well again, I, I think then we can. There's going to be a discussion about you know, do we put Tyrod Taylor in because they only have two games left. But as as far as it goes, like I'm not concerned. We knew this was a tough matchup coming in for you know against the Saints. They go to the Saints. Tommy DeVito. It's been a great run. You know what I'm saying? It's a good story. Hilarious. Um, but I, I didn't really anticipate a whole lot from him this week against a tough Saints defense that kind of came to fruition. But with Aaron Waller back, you know, like you mentioned, he got a solid production. He got a solid workload based on the snaps that he played. So if he comes back and he plays a full-time role next week, like he's, he's going to be easily a tight end one start, like you mentioned. Can we talk about Arthur Smith for a second? I, I don't know. Maybe for, maybe for the good, like if we want this episode to stay PG, maybe we shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> Bijan Robinson got eight touches. They lost to the Panthers. 
Like, do you think that he knew that this was the first round uh, of the fantasy playoffs and this was supposed to be a great fantasy matchup for Bijan Robinson? Because it sounds like he knew. Yeah. Okay. And by (laughs) the way, Tyler Algier was getting work from the get even before that fumble. That was his last carry of the day, by the way, Bijan. So and that, that fumble was exactly what Arthur Smith was looking for to can his star running back. Yeah. Okay. Algier had 14 carries. This is just absolute madness, man. Probably cost yeah. many people their fantasy playoffs. The people who had Brees and Bijan in their lineup this week, c- completely screwed. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Like, that's painful. I had a buy in my one league where I have Bijan. So thankfully, you know, I didn't have to have this happen to me where he was in game and he lost me a matchup. But I will say this, and I, we put the post out on this on Instagram, not not the meme, but the one during the week, the splits for Bijan Robinson, he's played by quarters. So the first quarter of the season, he had fantastic usage, like 73% of snaps, 21% target share. You know, he was averaging 17 points a game. Then from week six to nine, it came all the way down. He's running around on 58% of snaps. He's only getting 9% target share. And he was averaging about, you know, seven or eight points a game. And then <laughs> weeks 10 to 14, the third quarter, he goes back to that same usage. He gets that receiving role. And now we hit the fourth quarter of the season and it's starting all over again. <laughs> He's bouncing back. He doesn't get the workload. It's just ridiculous. I don't know what Arthur Smith is doing because we saw, you see how good the offense works when you give B. John Robinson the ball. You know what I mean? And I get it. It was raining. It was a tough matchup overall. Like both offenses suck. It's not like it's not like the Panthers are coming out and setting the world on fire. You know, it was a rainy day. It was uh, it was just like a terrible day for fantasy football in terms of production on offense. But Bijan Robinson, you'd think that would play into his hand where the game script would be, you know, competitive all game. Running the ball is the only way to move it. And you give Tyler Algier the ball 16 times. There's clearly no rhyme or reason as to why this happens anymore. (laughs) There's not a whole lot to analyze at this point. That's what makes it so frustrating. You know what I'm saying? So are you trusting Bijan Robinson moving forward? Like I kind of I want to because it's like one game compared to the past four where he's been excellent. But at the same time, like if they're going to start working Tyler Algier back into this, like he can't be ranked any higher than a, a mid or low RB two at this point. I, I have to start him next week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to start him next week against Indy man. I, it's just, there's not going to be many scenarios where he'll, where he'll be on my bench. Um, right. This is a terrible performance. You know, we'll see what, what the comments are throughout the week, but this, this is just terrible. Um, I, I understand the hesitancy next week. If you made it past this week with him in your lineup, like surprisingly, you made it past because it's tough <laughs> to overcome 0.4 fantasy points in PPR. Um, yeah. But he'll most likely be in my lineup. Like he'll probably still be, you know, a high end RB2 most likely for me. You know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how the rankings end up sorting out. But yeah, the trust level and the weariness is definitely going to be at all all time high going into next week. The trust just yeah. got squashed. I had Bijan very high in my rankings. I had him at four. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. come on, man. The yeah, usage we'll, we'll was, talk about it. Look good, yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about you know what we think about him going into next week on our running back show. We're doing that on Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it it's it was definitely not ideal. That's for sure. <laughs> um, Chuba Hubbard. He kept getting volume on the other side. He, like that's the kind of volume that we want to see for Bijan Robinson. 
right? Um, he got <laughs> another 24 touches this week. He didn't score for a second straight week, but third straight game with 24 plus touches. Okay. Uh, he has Green Bay at home next week. I think Harvard will be on the field in negative game scripts too. So, you know, regardless of what the situation is next week in terms of that game, I wouldn't shy away from him, you know, from starting him in that matchup as an RB2. Right. And this feels like the Zach Moss situation where he's getting the touches, but the production hasn't been there. Granted, he's on a much worse offense, but I'm still going to say if he's going to get, like you mentioned, 20 plus touches every single week, you can't leave him on your bench at that point. At the very worst, he's a flex play. He could be RB2 play. And like you mentioned in the matchup next week, I I think he's going to be just fine. So I'm with you on that one. David Njoku came through big time, man. 14 targets. He caught 10 for 104 in a touchdown. Joe Flacco is loving him some David Njoku. Um, Amari Cooper came through as well. But Njoku needs to be moving up the rankings even more at this point. Um, Really good matchup against Houston next week, too. Like, I might have him as like a top five, top six tight end next week. I I think you have to. And I put it in the newsletter. I said, is David Njoku a top five tight end with Joe Flacco, a quarterback? Like, I think he is. Because it's not, it's not just like the basic, you know, pitch and catch pass plays that they're throwing to David Njoku. It's off script plays. I don't know if you saw the one. It went all the way across, like Joe Flacco threw all the way across his body, across the field, and David Njoku scooped it up over the top, caught it over the top, and he ran. Like he's a completely different player. And he he had been getting the targets all season, regardless of who the quarterback was this season. You look at his game log, the target shares are fantastic. You know, he, he hasn't had, you know, less than six targets in, since week six. So he's been doing his thing. This is the upside that we're seeing these past few weeks with Joe Flacco, our quarterback, hasn't been there. So now that's here. He's clearly the number one target in this offense, even over Amari Cooper. Like, he's definitely going to be moving up the rankings. And I, I don't think you have an argument right now to keep him out of the top five, if you ask me. I mean, let's see. Who would you rather? Like, let's see. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey versus David Njoku. Who are you starting next week? The way that these um, offenses are playing. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Do we need to start a dialogue? <laughs> I might want to start that dialogue here a little bit. It's I don't just think so. You don't think so? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't right, think so. Right. Uh, right, New England is one of those teams that takes away your best receiver so or takes away your best weapon. They game planned around Kelsey. The, the three games before that, 91 yards, 81 yards, 83 yards. No, so I'm not. I'm not worried there now kelsey is definitely having a down season for sure but yeah no i'm not not saying i'm not saying like bench travis kelsey but i will say this like i mean just saying are you ranking him over travis kelsey it's being used to to make a point here of what david njoku is doing these past few weeks because you take the name value away and you take the names away you show me those two game logs and say oh david njoku stats those are travis kelsey's it's just making a point you know what i'm saying i mean listen man david njoku has had two good games in a row that's it. But, 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 That's it. Look at the That's usage it. that he's been getting. The, the target sure. shares, they've been there 100%. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But it, it hasn't been, you know, these past two games with, with Joe Flacco has been really good. And I think he's he's up there. But I, I, I won't start him over Travis Kelsey. Uh, I won't start him over Trey McBride. Uh, I Trey won't McBride, start I'll him, give you that. Yeah. Uh, I won't start him over TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I will not start him. I have to look at the matchup for Sam Laporta, and I have to look at the matchup for Evan Ingram, and that's it, pretty much. That's Just the old. Those are the you, only I'm going to open my initial rankings with Dave Njoku at one. <laughs> 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 that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open my rankings with Rashi Rice at, at my number one wide receiver next week because um, <laughs> yeah. dude is a league winner. Remember Amon mm-hmm. Ra's rookie run? 
at the end of his rookie year. Rashi Rice yeah. is this year's rookie Amon Ra. He caught all nine of his targets for 91 yards and a touchdown, three touchdowns in his last four weeks. He's looking like someone who is going to a big, going to be a big, big, big reason you win a championship this year. Um, I had him as a mid wide receiver too going into this week, and now I have to move him up even more. Like you just can't sit this guy right now. No, and he's getting. He's okay. Do you think he's claimed that role as a wide receiver one? You know, he's definitely the wide receiver one at this point. I think he has 100%. Where? For the Chiefs. For the Chiefs. That ship has sailed like five weeks ago, Zach. <laughs> yes, of course he's the wide receiver one. Who else would it be? He's, he's 100% there. That's, I'm just saying, like, he's the receiver that we've been waiting for Patrick Mahomes to have. And yes. he's having this huge season now. He's. What he is, is he's trustworthy for Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, there's trust between Patrick Mahomes and R- Rashi Rice right now. That's something that no other Chiefs receiver has had, you know, with Travis outside of Travis Kelsey with Patrick Mahomes. And we're seeing that play out right now. The Chiefs offense got back on track this week. The target share is there 100 percent There's nothing, there's nothing to say about Rashi Rice at this point, except that he's going to be on this terror and it's just going to continue. They're playing the Raiders next week. Then they have Cincinnati. Like, there's no way that Rashi Rice does not finish. I mean, what is Rashi Rice over the past four weeks? Where he's got to be ranking, he's got to be like the overall wide receiver three or four right now. I well, don't have that finished, number pulled up right away. He has he, he's finished as the wide receiver three, wide receiver twenty two, wide receiver seven, wide receiver eight, um, and then this past week, let's see, let's see what he did. Um, actually, no, he was a wide receiver eight eight so far in week fifteen. So right. there you go. So he has three wide receiver one finishes in the last four weeks. Yeah, he he's got to be up there. Just if you, I'm gonna look at these splits eventually and just see this. It's got to be ridiculous. But the, the fact is, he's on this heater right now, and I think that your comparison to Amon Rossi Brown's run at the end of the season is perfect because he's not blowing the world on. He's not setting the world on fire. You know, he's not scoring two or three touchdowns a game, but he has a touchdown pretty much every single game. He had a, cu- a couple catches, just about a hundred yards every game. He's he's looked fantastic. This is what we've been waiting for with Patrick Mahomes. Since week 12, he is the overall wide receiver three. Yeah, that tells you what you need to know. Just ridiculous. Like, where is he going to be going in drafts next year? <laughs> He's going to be going really Too high. high. Too high. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Debo Samuel and the types of defenses he gets it done against. He thrives against too high safety coverage, and he came through with the two touchdowns. Hopefully, he helps you get to the next round. We talked about this not being the ideal matchup for George Kittle. He only ended up with two catches. He did end up with 54 yards, though. So that's good. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey. You know, he almost had the four touchdowns time. like you said he was going to. I remember we were on yeah. the podcast last week. And <laughs> like, oh, Christian McCaffrey might go for four touchdowns. We said, well, last time he played the Cardinals, he had four touchdowns, and then he had three touchdowns uh, this past week. And I don't know if you saw, I put that screen grab out on the Instagram page of Christian McCaffrey with yeah. nobody inside 20 yards around him. Like, bold strategy, Cardinals. It was great. <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, Hollywood Brown has been a disappearing act uh, at the end of this year. He ended up leaving this game again. With the heel injury. Just put him on IR at this point. Okay, yep. like, what's the point at this point? Yeah. But Trey yeah, McBride, though, man, every week start, every week high end tight end one. It doesn't matter who it doesn't matter who the opponent is. Tough matchup against the 49ers. 10 catches for 100 yards and 11 targets against the 49ers. Okay, he, he he's done this multiple times now in tough matchups. Um, he even had to leave, leave this game for, uh, like, quite a bit for, like, 9 or 10 pass plays in this game. Um mm-hmm. And because of the shoulder injury, he missed a good amount of time, and then he ended up coming back and still had he still had 100 yards on 10 catches. So, like, if he was still in that game, he might have had 15 catches in this one, dude. Like, it's crazy. 
Yeah, Mc, McBride is the new Hollywood. You know, last year we talked about it, and we uh, I keep going back to this. You know, we had seen the connection between Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown in the games that they played last year, and we were like, oh, maybe Hollywood Brown could get back to that. That's not going to happen at this point. You could pretty much write that off, especially with the injury. Like, it's just been holding back this whole season. It begs the question, should he have even played? Like, at this point, he was questionable coming into this one. They put him on the field, and he does the same thing. It reminded me of Keenan Allen coming back too early. You know, he, there's no reason to put him on the field then if he's just going to be getting hurt. He might be out a couple more weeks. But the only thing now is that Hollywood Brown, he wasn't producing in the first place. Now there's another, there's just one less target, you know, to compete with Trey McBride at this point. So right now it's the full Trey McBride agenda. He's going to continue doing this every single week. And, man, it's like the year we coming in the season where we were like there were no tight ends. Dude. Coming, the the you know the um the conversation now around the dynasty tight end one two three four and five yeah is flipped on its crazy. head man you have Trey McBride you have Sam Laporta you have T.J. Hawkinson you have um you know Travis Kelsey's probably still going to be top five but definitely not mm-hmm. not one anymore um Kyle Pitts is not going to be top five anymore not um, close and. But just you know, look at other names. You might around. be like six. Um, yeah. And then you have, um, and then Dalton Kincaid, right? So, yeah. you know, and then, you know, if, if, if Michael Mayer ends up doing something next year, you know, he's going to enter that conversation. So mm-hmm. this, there's a lot of young tight Brock ends. Brock Bowers coming in this next I mean, year. Brock like, Bauer, holy Brock crap. Bowers might end up being top like, five before he even could, on the field. This is like, this is a good time for tight ends. We were coming into the season. We were talking about like, there are no tight ends. We were just begging for like more tight ends and we're getting them like, holy crap. They're going to come on this season. Like that's we're awesome. That's going to be, that's going to be a lot of fun. You know, imagine when we put together any of the research that we do, like trying to figure out who is where, like Jake Ferguson, I'm a Cowboys fan. Jake Ferguson's coming on a little bit. I'm not saying he's up there in terms of like top five, top six, but he's in the conversation. Those guys where it's like, there's a bunch of new talent. So young player in a good system with a good quarterback, you know, like it's worth, we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, 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 it's going to be interesting. We have our dynasty kit coming out, you know, early, you know, or, or like Early March, that's going to be awesome. Early off, we have a, r- yeah. a rookie draft kit coming out April first as well. So we have a lot of stuff going on. By the way, I just got my credentials to the Senior Bowl. I'll be back there, so uh, we're looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome. I met Tank right. Dell there. Met Puka Nakua there. Remember Michael Wilson. This is where Faraz does Christian his Watson. research to get you these guys. Trey McBride, <laughs> right? Trey McBride, yeah. big one. I just uh, I just pulled out my picture with Trey McBride ye- yesterday and his interview <laughs> that we did. Uh, two years ago, that was that was a good time. That's crazy. Um, all right, yeah. going back to this Cooper Cup is back, guys. Two straight games with eight catches from more than 100 yards and a touchdown. Really good timing if you manage to make it to the playoffs, despite him not coming through for you for a solid chunk of the season. Now they have two matchups against two teams who aren't so amazing against slot wide receivers. The next two weeks must start moving forward. Okay, Pukanukua has also had eight targets in this game. Um, pretty disappointing given the matchup. Didn't have the success that Cup had. Over the last two weeks, keep starting Puka as a wide receiver too. But Cup, I think, is a as a locked in wide receiver one at this point. Um, yeah. You know, in the playoffs is playoff time. You got to start these guys. Three straight games with a touchdown for Demarcus Robinson. By the way, okay, it takes just, me just off. <laughs> what is he doing? He had three targets. <laughs> come on, just give that seriously. touchdown to Puka Nakua. He had eight targets. Like, come on, like, what has Demarcus yeah, Robinson done to earn the touchdown over Puka Nakua? It's, it's really just frustrating. It's because it's supposed to be the two-man, you know, receiver room. It's supposed to be Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. And we thought Puka Nakua, maybe, you know, he's the guy to trust. But now Demarcus Robinson's ruin, ruining that. Cooper Cup is back. You think Cooper Cup is officially back? Yeah, you putting him in your top five, six now moving forward the rest of the way? I don't know top five, six, but he'll he's definitely a wide receiver one. That's okay. for sure. Um, okay. he, he, was, he was my wide receiver, I think, nine 
or 10 this week or something like that going into the I week? think it was nine. It was probably nine or 10 because I know our consensus yeah. we had Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup back to back. You know what I'm saying? They were nine and 10, yes. I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jacoby Brissett came in the game for Sam Howell for some reason. <laughs> McLaurin <laughs> ended up immediately catching three catches, three passes for 93 yards and a touchdown from Brissett. Um, and that's more like it, right? Curtis Samuel, yeah. so if you, if you had McLaurin in your lineup, you better go ahead and thank Jacoby Brissett, okay? Uh, Curtis Samuel, if you had him, him in your lineup, also thank Jacoby Brissett because he caught one of his two touchdowns from Brissett. Uh, now, Ron Rivera did say that, you know, um, Sam Howell, Howell is going to be their starter next week. So, right. yeah. Just keep that Who on. knows? He's been wrong about a lot of things, like you said. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see him turn things around and just go back on what he said, you know, later <laughs> this week. Be like, oh, it's Jacoby Brissett show now. <laughs> it makes no he's sense also, to start Jacoby Brissett, by the way. He's also wrong about the backfield because he's not playing Antonio Gibson. Okay. Can, can <laughs> we give this guy some touches? Too. Like less than yeah. 50% of snaps, nine total opportunities, including the five targets. All right, so I, I understand you want to give Chris Rodriguez some carries. I understand. But, like, why is Jonathan Williams, like, coming on the field? Like, for what? Like, you deserve to lose this game. You know what yeah. I mean? Ron Rivera is a dead man walking at this point. Yeah, he, he's got to be fired, right? He, he's definitely fired. Oh, no, 1,000%. I think it's already happening. I think he had kind of acknowledged it already that it's happening. So It's weird because, um, like, didn't, they're saying the same thing about Bill Belichick. And, like, these... They're waiting until the end of the year. Yeah, Bill yeah. Belichick's going to be gone. Ron Rivera's going to be gone. It's going to be interesting. A lot of old names getting out of here, but Ron Rivera needs to get out. <laughs> I mean, uh, good, good on him for putting Jacoby Brissett in, I guess, because he saved fancy days. Maybe he realized, you know, he, maybe he had Terry McLaurin on his fancy lineup or something like that. He's like, we need to get a change of quarterback here, but there's no reason. Let's just put this out there. It is Ron Rivera, but I don't think there's any way that Jacoby Brissett comes in and starts next week because yeah. what do you have to gain from doing that? We know what we have with Jacoby Brissett. He's a solid, you know, replacement quarterback. I, I think Completely he could be a starter. traded for. Yeah, I, I think he could be a starter. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. He doesn't have a high ceiling, but he's a fine quarterback. But you still, you're, you're not sure what you have with Howell. So why would you take him out of the game? That's why it was like really confusing at the end of the game, even there. You know, obviously it was tough, but like, what's that going to do to Sam Howell's confidence now? It's like, oh, so I'm not even going to be, maybe I won't even be here next season. You know, like, it, it just ticked me off a little bit. Karen Williams is pretty good, though, huh? 30 touches for pretty 155 good. yards and a touchdown. <laughs> Uh, locked in top two running back the rest of the way. You know, I have him. I have had him as my RB two for a couple weeks now, uh, going into these weeks. But just confirming that there's no other running back you'd rather have besides Christian McCaffrey moving forward. Absolutely, is that safe to say? Thirty four touches in this game, or thirty four opportunities, I should say. Yeah, nobody else. And he could have had a bigger day. He had five catches, but he only had three yards. Like, imagine if he had thirty or forty yards on that. He could have had another touchdown, maybe like Kyron Williams. He's. I think he's like oh. the story of the season at running back. I, I, I texted you about this. Uh, so he had two fumbles in this game, by the way. He lost two fumbles, which was brutal. Oh, you did right? text so me about this. I know what you're going to say. After the first <laughs> fumble, first lost fumble, the following drive, because he fumbled it like in the red zone. Um, mm -hmm. And the next drive, when they got the ball back, it was a three and out right away. They got the ball back, and it ended up being, um, what's his name? Who, who's, Royce Freeman. Who's it? Royce Freeman for the mm -hmm. whole drive. Okay, they give Royce Freeman, I think it was like two cat or one carry up the middle, and then like they try to pass it or something, second down, and then third down, there was like third and goal at like the two yard line. They bring Kyron Williams in for that one snap, like that was his punishment for not, 
you know, for fumbling the drive before, but they were like, <laughs> you know what, screw this. We need Kyron in there. They brought Kyron in on third down and he ended up scoring that goal line touchdown. So like that's great. It, it was amazing, dude. It was so <laughs> good to see. It was like the opposite of Tony Pollard. You know what I'm saying? Like like it was <laughs> yeah. like Pollard does all the work and then like Pollard. he ended up getting vultured. But like Kyron Williams like vultured the backup, which is like so good to see. Yeah, that's the exact type of vulturing that you want, you know. And it's like funny you mentioned that. It's like Kyron Williams, your, your punishment for fumbling the ball, you must score on third down, not first down. <laughs> like, that was the difference. <laughs> Come on, guys. Seriously, man. Yeah, All Kyron right. Williams, he's the RB two, one hundred percent. There's nobody outside of Christian right? McCaffrey that you want, you know. And it's, it's crazy like those to say, two guys, and then Rashad White probably is like those are like the top three guys that who are just like the most reliable at week in and week out. If you go off of usage and utilization, they are the kings. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. nothing really else to say about that. Uh, down week for your Cowboys, Zach. Um, you mm-hmm. know, th- this game was like that trap game waiting to happen, I feel like, right? Like going into yeah. Buffalo, non-conference game, the Bills were motivated. Josh Allen was extremely motivated to win this game, even though he didn't probably threw the ball. Um, the Bills were favored coming into this game, by the way, you know, by Vegas, yep. you know, um, so, you know, they ended up get, getting it done. Um, Cowboys are in Miami next week. Going to be very interesting. Uh, and then they close it out again. At, they close it out at home against Detroit in week 17, the fantasy championship. It's a great mm. matchup to have, especially for these wide receivers and Dak Prescott, because he can light it up at home against Detroit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Start them if, they're, I, if they're at home. Yeah. I, I'm not taking a, I'm not taking anything out of this game for Dallas, to be honest with you. No. Like, this, can things be tough for this passing offense next week again in Miami? Possibly. Um, but, you know, I'm not... Uh, it, does it suck a little bit that this happened? Yeah. But I think they'll be okay next week. I think yeah, it'll be a little be bit fine. better. The cool thing is CeeDee Lamb actually got that touchdown at the end of the game. He actually had yeah. a fine game. Based on how this game went, if you watch this game, you'd say there's no way CeeDee Lamb had almost 20 fantasy points. <laughs> and he did. Right. So he came through for you. That was good. But, man, like Dak Prescott, that was tough. It, it just... You're you're 100% on the money when you say you can see this one coming a mile away because Dallas does this every month and a half. They just have this terrible game on the road. And it's the exact same script. If you watch a game, it looked exactly like the 49ers one. And it's weird because if you draw parallels back to last season, <laughs> Dallas was 10-3 and three going into the game against Jacksonville. Remember, they went on the road against Jacksonville. The Jaguars were motivated, trying to make a playoff push, and they lost. It's like... it. <laughs> I could go on about it too long. I don't want to hold this here for too long, but I will just say that this was, I guess we should have seen this coming. I just wanted to believe that maybe the Cowboys are different as the same old Cowboys. So this is not going to be good for fantasy, but in terms of NFL takeaways, like the, the, this is not good. James Cook though, man. Oh baby. 27 yeah. touches, 221 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, this was a, a take me to the next round type of performance here, right? He carried mm-hmm. you this week. Um, the Bills just ran the ball in this game. That's all they did. Josh Allen threw the ball 15 times this entire game. Seven completions. Uh, Cook only played on 55% of snaps, less than 50% of routes. He's really overperforming here uh, on his on his like overall utilization over the last couple of weeks, including this one. But we're going to take it. All right. Like yeah. I said last week, it's really hard to keep him out of your lineup the way he's been balling. Uh, and now you're likely on your way to round two. So congratulations. Uh, solid matchup <laughs> against the Chargers next week overall for the Bills. So he'll be in my lineup again. Probably as an RB2, but there's no doubt he has RB1 upside because he's been performing. I think it's like three RB1 finishes over the last four weeks. Yeah, he's RB2 this week currently, RB3. 
um, last week, and now RB12. It was RB12 before the bye. They had the bye in week 13, but he had a solid performance against the Eagles before the bye. That was a really tough matchup. He came through in that one. But the thing about it, like over the past two game, past five games that he's played, he's been hyper efficient on the ground. Obviously, he averaged seven yards a carry yesterday, five yards, just, just under six yards a carry, I should say, against the Chiefs, another good defense. And then against the Eagles, he averaged I think it was two yards a carry, but he had the touch. He didn't have the touch, and he had the work in the receiving game. Two games before that, four yards a carry, nine yards a carry. So, He's getting it done against t- tough matchups. He's getting it done in easy matchups. Like like you mentioned, is this overproduction? Yes, but you, you can't bench him at this point, the way that they're playing. Because like they mentioned, I don't know if you're watching the game, they mentioned it all over the broadcast. Like the Bills haven't run the ball like this with Josh Allen, <laughs> you know, at quarterback before. This is new, uncharted territory. And it looks like Ken Dorsey's out. They're finally figuring out how much of a talent that they have in James Cook. You know, he's going to get a pretty big boost, I think, you know, the rest of the way and just going into the next season overall. So he, he looked really good. You know, it was awesome to see him do that. It, unfortunately, it was at the expense of my Cowboys, but it's fine. You know, I'm also a fantasy football fan. I can be happy for James Cook at, at this point. It looks like the Ravens lost Keaton Mitchell to a season ending knee injury. He was on his way to a big game, 11 touches. Uh, for almost, you know, almost 100 yards from scrimmage. But, you know, Gus Ed- Edwards was the guy from that point on. And Edwards now becomes the RB2, touchdown dependent, of course. Um, and then you look at the matchups, not great. San Francisco and Miami. Uh, regardless, though, the Ravens are a good offense. And all we care about is these goal line touchdowns. Okay, so regardless if they are they're able to move the ball, I think they will be able to move the ball on both these teams. I think it's one of those situations where like, all right, well, Gus, just give me two touchdowns, uh, you know, from the goal line. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, um, that's all you're asking for with him. But man, yeah. just like it sucks to see Keaton Mitchell go down. Like, man, it does because he's explosive. Did, yeah, and it seems like every time, and I don't want to just compare. It, I don't want to say like it's J.K. Dobbins, or I don't want to speculate on what the injury is. But it looked very much like an ACL. You know, yeah. you look at it, it's like first J.K. Dobbins, he was going to have a huge game, uh, a huge season. You know, he goes out with the ACL uh, or the Achilles, whichever one it was. He has Achilles. these season-ending injuries. Yeah, so he has a season-ending injury, and now Keaton Mitchell looks like this next explosive guy, next man up, and he's going to go out with a season-ending injury. It's just like, can we get a break? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can we have yeah. one of these Ravens running backs do something? Not that Gus, not that Gus Edwards is bad, but like Gus Edwards is not the explosive talent that either these other guys, J.K. Dobbins or um, Keaton Mitchell, are. So it's just really frustrating. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what kind of injury it ends up being for Keaton Mitchell, but it did not look pretty on the broadcast, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Isaiah likely really coming through for Mark Andrews, uh, five for 70 and a touchdown in this one, man. Lamar's only touchdown, but Lamar did rush for 97 yards in this game. Uh, the Ravens just handled the Jaguars in this one. The Jaguars didn't really have a chance. They didn't score in the first half. Um, so there weren't really a lot of targets to go around. OBJ only had one catch. Zay Flowers, only one catch for seven yards on two targets. Very, very disappointing in what was a, a very good matchup for him. I love how we went back and forth on Rashi Rice and Zay Flowers this week. Like that was the conversation. <laughs> you talk about the wide receiver yeah. rankings. It's like I was leaning Zay Flowers. I know you, you said you had talked to Steve. We put out the reel with Steve, you know, and you, he was leaning Zay Flowers. And now here he comes in with one catch for seven yards. Oh, just an abomination. Like I, I couldn't believe that's how it, it shook out. But the way the way this that's kind of what you're looking at here with this Ravens offense. We've seen it happen before where Zay Flyers just suddenly doesn't get the target share. It's gonna happen again. Um, I think we could see Zay Flyers have a good game, you know, the rest of the way. I'm not saying that's out of the picture. But Isaiah likely, I'm loving what I'm seeing for him. <laughs> it's weird, you know. And again, yeah. we're talking about tight ends. Like, did you see the one pass? Like, I know Chris Collinsworth was like 
glazing Lamar Jackson about this play. But I don't know if you saw it when it happened, but Lamar Jackson like ducked under a defender, rolled out, threw all the way back across his body. It was totally like a, an ill-advised throw, but Isaiah likely just went up and like head-topped two defenders and he just like it's caught player, it. Man. Yeah, it was awesome. So Isaiah likely, I think you keep starting him. He's going to be in the top eight, I think, conversation, you know, in terms of starts, you know, at the tight end position next week too. Just <laughs> there's yeah. suddenly so many tight ends to talk about, especially this season, you know, with Mark Andrews out, Isaiah likely stepped up this season where he didn't do that last season. So I think you can trust him at this point moving forward. By the way, Zay Jones has a hamstring injury. I doubt he plays next week. So it's Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram the rest of the way for Trevor Lawrence. All right. Yep. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. We'll be back for the Waiver Wire show tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening. If you can hit subscribe on your podcast app, that would mean the world to us. We'll be back. Hopefully you guys make it through to round two. See you guys later. Take it easy. Bye-bye.